Well, good afternoon. I'm sitting in front of beautiful river. Probably hear the seagulls screeching at me because they don't want me out of here. I hear you. Um, well, on the way here, I was thinking I might record the psychological commentary to the Tibetan Book of the Dead, the Barthadur. Introduction by Carl Jung. I tried doing this once before on the desktop, but looks like the browser, I don't know if it was interference with the Bluetooth, but it, turned, uh, it just sounded horrible, so I had to just take it down. But what I was talking about, I guess, is, is really where I can start. So, uh, what it was, is I found the Tibetan Book of the Dead, this particular edition, Yvonne uh, Wentz. With the psychological commentary by uh, by Carl Jung, I had just finished reading. I have just finished reading, actually, a couple times. His Man's in Search of Meaning, I believe it what it is, and currently uh, on his symbols. Um, I'm interested because the Barthadu is something that <clears throat> I've read just about every translation that's out there, but this particular one had evaded my. So what I found interesting is, as you know, um, I'm in a course on uh, Kashmiri Shaivism. Uh, I've been studying Vedanta for a very long time, especially if you consider the Bhagavad Gita and the Upanishads for over 30 years, being a Buddhist. So they play together, but more so is the note on the chapter, the psychological commentary itself. So I'm gonna pause here just in case I can't upload uh, and something. Beautiful. Looks like it's working just fine. Hopefully you don't mind the sound. So, as I was saying, what shocked me most studying Shaivism currently and then reading this plus uh, reading Young one of the very first notes is about the actual commentary itself. And it asks the Occidental reader, the Western reader, to understand that it's, uh, it's not written for an Asian audience, an Oriental audience. And the same can be true, is what he says, is he cautions the Oriental reader that some of the terms used might be problematic for them. And uh, the first one, and this is what I'm talking about here, apologize, is the term he uses for soul, zele. And why this is interesting, because when I came across this, I actually went and spoke to some friends who are native German speakers. And zele, and I'll read here. So one of such objectionable terms is the soul. According to Buddhistic belief, the soul is ephemeral. It's an illusion and therefore has no real version of this psychological commentary. Oh, no real version. Has no real existence. Wow, man, did I make a mess of that, didn't I? So the Germanic word zele, 
as employed in the original version of this psychological commentary, is not synonymous with the ancient word. Sorry, not synonymous with the English word soul, although commonly so translated. Zella is an ancient word sanctioned by German tradition and used by outstanding German mystics like Eckhart and great German poets like Goethe to signify the ultimate reality, symbolized in the feminine or the Shakti aspect. Herein, Dr. Jung uses it, uses it poetically with reference to the psyche, as the collective psyche. In psychological language, it represents the collective unconscious as being part uh, of the matrix of everything. It is the womb of everything, even of the Dharmakaya. It is the Dharmakaya itself. So, it's really weird, but it makes perfect sense if you're studying things like Shaivism, right? Shakti, the divine aspect, right? Everything is uh, Shakti. It's a form of Shakti. It's a form of this divine power, this communion that we've spoken about. So when he talks about Zella, when he talks about soul, it makes a lot of sense to the Vedantin or the Shaivist because our Atman, our soul, is this little piece of the universe that we've pulled down and delusionally think is an individual um, soul. So, I find it very interesting that we're using this term of Zella. Because uh, it shows the, uh, the universality of this teaching. Right? If you look at Dakini and the Tantric um, Buddhist practices, the Dakini worship, the Dakini uh, feminine aspect, this energy, it's no different than Shakri, it's no different than, like I said, the communion, the koinonia, the, the divine, the communion with the divine. So, get to look at that find that uh, very interesting, but that's what I came across first when reading this particular book. Um, it's about 17 pages long, so I guess I'll leave the reading of the introduction to at the desktop uh, because of uh, how long it is, and I seem to be having a little trouble out here with the, the wildlife and the weather. But yeah, we'll leave it at that. Uh, the fact that uh, Jung sees this uh, archetype of a divine aspect or a shakti or a zela. The soul being not so much an individual thing, not even a vehicle, but just an aspect of the greater vehicle that we're all using to transcend this experience. So, on that, have a fabulous day.